Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry sponsored by Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship, The Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. If you're looking for a place to give to that's taking the gospel in direct and personal evangelism throughout the world, I'd have you consider giving to Church Partnership Evangelism. On a daily basis, we're working with pastors in Asia, Africa, and South America, equipping them and directing them into engagements in the gospel with lost people. God is blessing, and the churches in these places is growing. You can learn more about how God is using us by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. We are now in the last half of Romans 6. There Paul is addressing the weakness of the sinful flesh we have inherited from our fathers. It is a proneness to wander from God. It is an attitude that favors independence from God. And Paul has a remedy. We must become God's slaves, not bound by the hard chains of our own weakness and sins, but bound to him in gratitude for his full and gracious gift of salvation through faith alone. Oddly enough, there are many who prefer the seeming independence of their own attempts at righteousness than the true freedom that comes from being made right by God's free gift. But the future of that self-righteousness found in following laws is just the opposite of what it seems. It's a future of more and more bondage to sin and death. Paul says that's what's going on. I would just kind of give you a little bit of an idea here. You find some group of individuals or some cult or some sect that lays all kinds of weight on performance and moral performance and following laws and how you're to appear and how you're to dress and the things you're supposed to do and say. And you look under the surface of the individuals who become the strong advocates for their lives and you'll find underneath the surface, scratch down and see what they're thinking about and what's toiling around and spinning around their hearts and it's just a whirlpool of uncleanness and lawlessness and defilement. It's not surprising you'll find many of these people in their own homes are bound into all kinds of perverse behaviors and addictions, and on the outside they look pure. Their lives are raging with passions that are inordinate and inappropriate. Paul is addressing the individual say, that's what God sees under your heart. That's what sees in all your righteousness. All your righteousness is indeed like filthy rags. The more you double down it, the filthier it gets. That's what he's confronting. Here's the future. You move away from God. You seek to be free of Him. And you'll be caught up in an ever-growing defilement of life, even if you try to move away from being moral, and by being good, and following all kinds of rules. You'll be caught up in an ever-growing defilement of life. But turn to Him. Take what He freely gives you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Yield yourself to Him fully, and fall under the bondage of grace and mercy and His love. You'll begin to walk out from your life a life that, it says, leads to sanctification, that is, leads to increasing holiness. That is, you become more and more Christ-like, more and more like our Lord Jesus. Let's look at verses 20 and 22. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, and its end is eternal life. And so here's the second thing we'll consider. The first one was consider what flows out of these two slaveries, or what the future is of these two slaveries. The next one is consider the freedoms of both of these slaveries. Each one of them offers some form of freedom. One of them makes you free from everything but righteousness. 
are free to everything, and the only thing you're free from is righteousness. You might remember the sense of freedom that came upon you. I remember this. You know, Saturdays was the day you had to get all your chores done. When you finally got your chores done, and some days it took a long time, other days it didn't, and you walked out the door to go to your friend's house to play, there was a sense of being out of your chains, you know, being unbounded. You were free, and maybe some of that began to continue to go with you when you became a teenager. And then as you walked out of the home to go out and be with your friends and maybe do things that were inappropriate or when you were released to go away for a weekend with your friend or spend the night with your friend there was this same sense of independence of being out from underneath the governance of your parents and not now young people have to learn how to live that life because eventually they're going to be going out from their homes but something begins to tick within us that sees that independence as this positive thing because now it's an opportunity for us to express ourselves and do the things we really want to do or the things our parents wouldn't let us do or you name it to put off those inhibitions and I grew up in the 70s I grew up with a generation that was around me that was putting off those inhibitions of their parents in the past and trying to exalt in the freedom that they had as a result yet what happens when you break free from all those things initially when you break free of those constraints that are put upon you and moral restrictions in order that you can pursue with a sense of liberation those things that might normally have been inhibitions for you. You get past those points. You're no longer inhibited from pursuing your own pleasures and your own passions. It can be exhilarating for a moment. It can be exciting for a moment. But here's what happens. Ultimately, the only thing that you'll be free of in that exercise is righteousness. You'll go out and do those things and have your fun and do those things, but you'll discover when the dust settles... The only thing that you were free of was righteousness. Now, that's not a small thing. That's a really big thing. Because when you were born and when God made you, He put an impulse in you because you were made in His image. And you know what that impulse was? To be right. When we were little boys and little girls growing up, the thing that was ticking within us was we wanted to be good little boys and good little girls. We dreamt of doing heroic and wonderful things. We had an impulse to please, and it was this divine, constructed element of what God made us for God made us for righteousness and every person still even the person who's clinging to his moral laws is trying to in his own power become righteous but it's an instinct within him but if he doesn't yield himself to God and doesn't come to faith in Jesus Christ and he departs from God because he just wants to do it his own way the only thing he'll be separated from is the very thing he deep down inside he was made to desire and the one thing that will make him and give him purpose as a human being which is to be righteous to be right. That's what we were made for. And when you choose to separate from your God and free yourself up from your own inhibitions and the restrictions of your parents or your home or the moral constructs of your society so that you can realize yourself, you'll discover you'll be free to do a lot of things. But you won't be free to accomplish and do and realize the one thing that you were made for and the one thing that makes you truly human, made in the image of God. It's to be right be righteous and so your life will become a complicated life and that void you'll just be more and more empty you've got a, a generation now that have taken all these new desires and they've now incorporated an idea that I'm just being true to myself 
I'm just pursuing my essential identity, and yet their identity is wrapped around whatever impulse and whatever desire they want to activate themselves on, and they want to be free to pursue without anybody stopping them or restraining them in any way, and what they become is a hollow shell emptied out of the very thing they were made for, to be right with God. It's filled with things that will never satisfy. They're free from the one thing, the one thing that you really want to be bound to. The one thing that you want to have inexorably woven into your life, holding and containing you so that your life doesn't just break apart to a thousand pieces. Righteousness. The life of God dwelling and abiding within us, making us right before Him. But when you come to Him and you yield to Him and you bow before Him and you find His cleansing and His washing and He lives in you and He takes hold of you and He binds you together in a wholeness that you can know in no other way, the wholeness of His righteousness, and you're right before Him. So you're free from all the things that take you away from Him. You're free from sin. You're free from these echoes that seek you and tell you to find your life and your identity and things apart from God. And you're free to embrace the thing that brings you fulfillment and fullness. A relationship with you were made for Him. A relationship with Him. Being before Him at ease in your own skin. Being right within the world that He made for you to live in and abide in. Having a life that's right. Having a life that's whole. So there's two different freedoms here. One is a freedom from righteousness. A freedom, and the other one is a freedom from all the things that break your life apart. Break your life apart. See here as well, there's fruit from both of these slaveries. This is, happens to each child that grows up in a home. There's a point at which we do in a sense, break free from our parents. We read that song, we sang the song, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. There was a time in my life in which I had to decide whether my following of the Lord Jesus was merely a mimicking of what my parents had modeled for me, and I was just following the trail that they laid before me, looking to them, being guided by them alone, or whether actually there was going to be a transition point in which I put my eyes on Jesus alone and followed him. And there was an independence from them in that moment. But it wasn't an independence of just being unguided, of stopping to follow. But I had to decide whether I was going to follow him. But at that same moment, there was another decision. I won't go that way. I won't follow him. I won't follow them. I won't follow him. I'll live my own life. I'll find out truth for myself. I'll make my own decisions. I'll make my own mistakes. I'll learn my way. I'll do my thing. There's this exhilarating moment for a young man or a young woman when that moment comes before them. That moment comes before them. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. One form of independence is false. And it will bind you in sin and ruin and it will produce in your life an ongoing degradation. And you may actually find yourself to be a successful individual. And you may be even find yourself to, to be more consistent in your behavior, you think, than what your parents were. You did it your way. But inside, your life is just going to become a greater and greater pool of defilement and lawlessness, and you will have moved further and further away from being right with God. Your life will just begin to disintegrate further and further away from Him. Or you say, no, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to lay my life down before Him. I'm going to be surrendered to Him. He's going to take control of my life. I'm going to live under the grace and the cleansing and the forgiveness that He gives me. I'm going to be bound to Him's service. I want to be owned by Him in every way. 
I want to glorify Him and please Him and serve Him. And This is my bond. I have decided to follow Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me. Though no one join me, still I will follow. I'll follow Him. He puts us right with Himself by His own grace and His own mercy. He brings us into a state of completeness that we can't realize any other way. The decision is before us actually in a sense all the time. Choose rightly. Let's bow our heads. And for the, for the wrong choice, and for the will that determined to go from you and walk out from your presence, we thank you, God, that you don't stop pursuing them and drawing them. But, oh, God, what accumulates are things that one day they shall deeply be ashamed of. And fruit will accumulate that's rotten and worm-infested and of no benefit and just leads to death in their life and to those that they had influence upon. God, how we thank you that through all that you pursue us, you pursued us until you grabbed hold of us and your love captured us and you brought us and surrendered to you in faith Yield and say, oh, I'm going to obey this Savior who's given his life. Turn from ourselves and we turn to you. Oh, God, we thank you for that day and that hour and we rejoice. We pray for our young people that each one of them might come to that moment of determination as well. Thanks for joining us today. Before we sign off, I want to remind you of a ministry website that we've developed called testyourtestimony.com. Our concern is that there are many in our churches that do not have a true born-again relationship with the Lord Jesus and so face the prospect of His rejection and judgment on the last day. Our pity for these has made us develop a site where a person can apply the command of 2 Corinthians 13.5 to test themselves and see whether they are in the faith. Please go to that site and prayerfully consider someone else that you can share it with. For now, we look forward to being with you again at the Bread of Life. Till then. May God bless you.